0: Hello, friends. It's good to be with you this evening. This is the Bishop and the Moose. I'm the Bishop, Barry Klingon, and I'm joined uh, by Kirk Moose, who is with Inc. Dot com, And we're excited to be with you tonight and encourage you with some good news from God's Word.
1: Pastor, I'm very excited to talk about how God can prosper us no matter what season of our life that we're in, yes. especially the season that we've walked through with this crazy year that we've had. Mm-hmm. I mean, really... To encourage ourselves in the Lord is wonderful, but to know that his word tells us and gives us example after example about how he can prosper us and take us down the way that we
0: need to go is very encouraging to me. It certainly is. And one of the things that uh, God speaks of uh, often in the scriptures is this idea of promotion, of uh, bringing us from one level to the next. And everybody's hungry to go to a new level, that we, we understand and know that what it's all about is a relationship with God. And having that relationship with Him means it doesn't stay the same. It needs to be advancing and it needs to be promotion within the relationship most of us think of the word promotion we think of it as a as a job and everybody wants to get a new promotion because with the promotion usually comes more money uh, and so i was telling the story to kurt before we started about uh, when i was in chattanooga and i was graduating college in my senior year i was about to get married to amy and uh, had a small church i was pastoring and all this was going on i had a little job where every day I'd go into this business that owned all of these uh, washaterias in Chattanooga. And so all the men would bring in the coins and the dollar bills at night out of the machine, and I would add up all the dollar bills and restock it with quarters for the next day. And the man that owned it was named Ron Powers, a great man who really discipled me in the early days of my walk with the Lord. And he came in one day, and I'm in there counting all of that up in that little room, and he said, "Uh, Barry, I'm giving you a promotion. And I thought, wow, I need a promotion. What's my promotion? He said, you are now the cash flow analyst for Fabricare Centers. And I thought, wow. I said, how much money did I get with that? He said, no money, just a new title. I thought, well, who wants a promotion with a new title? I want something real that brings me some more money to the table. And uh, we certainly recognize that. And we recognize we come to God. It's not about money. It's about something that's real and genuine. When we talk about growth. We talk about you know, going to new levels of of, of experience with our Lord—that's what a relationship's about. You know, Kirk, a relationships never supposed to stay the same over the years. I know for you and Nivine, it would be very different now than it was when you first got married.
1: Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the day that we got married till today, it's a world of difference. Now, just like you've talked about before. Man, we loved each other. We, yeah. we were like, man, she's hot. I, she's <laughs> like, hey, he looks great, you know, and that was great. But the depth has changed. Yes. And I would almost go as far as saying is anyone who does not deepen their relationship over the years is destined to fail.
0: Definitely true. Think about that with our Lord. Uh, we're in a relationship with Him. So if we're in a relationship with Him, you know, for me, I have, uh, wow, a long time now, uh, many years <laughs> from 1980 when I first met the Lord as a senior in high school, and all of these years of the growth in our relationship to where it gets down today. To where there's some things said. Uh, I don't mean common things or uh, even uh, uh, things like that, but you can just say phrases to the Lord, and uh, you, you know what he he knows what you're talking about. But you know what he's saying as well too. And it's a tremendous thing that the Lord can have a relationship with all of us individually, and uh, we can grow in that. And it's it's very exciting. I wanna I wanna point to the scripture, uh, Kirk, and let us talk about it a little bit tonight, because there was a very important time when Jesus gathered his disciples for really what would be his last big teaching to them. And it was on that time before uh, he would be betrayed and go through a trial and ultimately crucified on the cross. And he's gathered with his disciples. He's sharing these last things. And John chapter 15 uh, gets into a point where Jesus says these words to his disciples. He said, I no longer call you servants, but now call you friends. Well, that's a promotion. That's an advancement from being a servant uh, to, being a, uh, to being a friend. And Jesus even says right there in the context of that, he said, because a servant doesn't necessarily know what his master's doing, but a friend does. And a servant just does what he's told and he asks no questions. But a friend begins to understand the motivations for why you say what you say and why you do what you do. And so he said, you're moving up now. Through this experience that we're going through together, you're going to move up and you're going to be a friend to me uh, in a whole new way than was possible before.
1: You know, that's so much like a marriage, too. You know, if a marriage is working like it's supposed to, you should work as a partnership. Everything is for the benefit of the marriage for for the, the couple. Yes. But when a couple decides, what's in it for me? Yes. How do I benefit myself? Yes. What's going to make me happy? And they only look at themselves That relationship has problems. It will be rocky, and they'll have a hard time staying together. Why? Because it's all about one individual. But the Word says that the husband will leave his father and mother and become one with his wife. If he's one with his wife, God's not seeing them as two individuals. He sees them as one unit. Yes. You know, it's almost like when a corporation is formed, there's many individuals that sit on the board, but the law doesn't seem to see them as the board; they see
0: them as the entity that makes up that organization. Exactly. Exactly. I think uh, you know the Lord is is uh, almost uh, encouraging them on this very difficult night with what is about to come. Let's let's talk about that a minute. And I think one of the first things we ought to say, Kirk, is that you know the idea of going from a servant to a friend doesn't mean that servanthood is gone. Uh, matter of fact, yeah. how many of these men that are sitting around this time—I start to say sitting around the table—they're laying around the floor as the way they would eat. But they were in that time together, that very intimate time. Many of these men would, like Peter and Jude and others, would say later, uh, "I'm a bond servant of Christ," and that doulos, that that slave mentality of being a ch- a slave by choice. I choose to. To follow him that way, they didn't leave servanthood, and they just went to a new level of understanding. They will always be servants. There's nothing uh, wrong with being a servant. It's not lower class by any means whatsoever. They'll always continue in that, and but that we're going to kind of deepen this relationship. I like to use the word focus. I think their focus is going to change a little bit, and and if you if you take some time and start thinking about it, the difference between a, a servant and a friend, and the way they. Uh, respond to one another. You can start picking out some things that are different that really make it, make you understand what this promotion was all about and what we can experience when we allow God to promote us in this as well. And you know, one of the first things I talk about in there, uh, Kirk, is that a servant is really interested in not disobeying his master, right. but a friend is really interested in not disappointing his master. There's a difference between those two, is there not? It's just like my son. He loves to
1: fight. Not fight, (laughs) fight, but you know, pick, fight. You know, anyone that's had a son that likes to pick, they know that they like to wrestle, they like to roughhouse. Well, that's my son in a nutshell. And it's the exact same thing. He loves to have fun. He loves to cut up. But more than him being concerned about, you know, punishment or whatever, he doesn't want me to be disappointed in him. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want to be punished. Mm -hmm. But he even less... Wants me to be disappointed because the idea of me being disappointed in him it hurts his heart.
0: Many of us have grown up in in homes that uh, where there was a father present. Uh, you know, to hear those words, "I'm disappointed in you," was really some of the most difficult words to yes. hear. And uh, because we really didn't want to disappoint our fathers, it's just something that's built into a son naturally that he that he wants to do that. Well, think about with with Christ and our relationship with Him. You know, a servant is all about the rule-keeping, and that's okay. Rules, you know, here's the rules. But if it just stays on that level, you never get to know the heart of the Father, get to know the heart of Jesus. When you start knowing who he really is, when we use that word heart, that's what we're talking about, then you start thinking, wow, I don't want to disappoint him. I, I've said this for years. I raised girls. And... uh I would always tell them, you know, that um, how important it was to, you know, have boundaries in their life, yes. and, and, you know, al- along the way. And, you know, to, to, you know, there's some rules there that you have in place. But you can get in positions in your life uh, very easily where it don't matter how many scriptures you've got memorized. It doesn't matter how many rules you know that are there. You get caught up in the moment. You can disobey those. But if you know you're in a relationship with Jesus – then you know not just about the rules, but you know that he is there with you, in the room with you. That changes everything. And it's not just about that situation and raising girls. It's about the whole idea. That's true my whole life. If I know Christ is with me, it's it's a different thing than just okay I can't do this but I can do that because anybody that you know the Pharisees were the professional religious people in Jesus day and they were all about keeping the rules they were all they were fussing at Jesus constantly because his disciples didn't keep the rules and all of this stuff and it was all of them about keeping rules but anybody that builds their relationship with people built on rules they uh, will end up finding ways to go around those rules and you know we all know in very broad terms the the Jewish people and the between the Old Testament rules oh, and yeah. the day they had come up with nine million ways you could, you know, on the Sabbath, not break the Sabbath, you could walk two steps but not three steps. And, you know, it just became completely legalistic and missing the whole heart of the matter of what was going on. And Jesus corrected that with the teaching that he had. That's what we're really talking about here. We're talking about being in a relationship, not just keeping the rules, not just being about doing what's right or wrong, because that was the rule. Because if you live like that, you're going to find a way around the rules eventually.
1: Well, if you circle back to the idea of being a bond servant, though, you know, if you look like at the example I gave of my son, Matthew, mm-hmm. right? He loves to rough, be rough and tough and wrestle a bit. Well, he doesn't want me to be disappointed in him, but he's always going to come across in a manner that's very friendly, yes. very, you know, nonchalant. But the big difference that I see between the bond servant and like one of your children is a formality. Mm -hmm. And the formality is is because you, yes, don't want to disappoint your master, but it's also a manner of respect and Mm -hmm. honor. Because as a servant, there's a certain level that you should honor because you know your place. It's just like someone that's in the military. They may be very familiar with their sergeant or their commander or whomsoever, but there's a certain manner of respect because of the position that they hold that they deserve and they must receive, not should, they Mm -hmm. must receive. And it's the same with the bondservant. He's Mm -hmm. pledged himself to the family like we've talked before. He's allowed that family to put an anvil through his ear Mm -hmm. to symbolize the love that he has for the family. And he's given up all of his freedoms by choice to serve the family because he loves them. But still, Mm -hmm. because of the position that he's chosen to take, Mm -hmm. there's a manner of respect that he carries himself. You know, and it's interesting because we were just talking about Proverbs 17 too. It says, A servant who deals wisely will rule over a son who acts shamefully, Mm -hmm. which means even though he knows his area of separation, Mm -hmm. he knows that area where he Mm -hmm. has to be different and set apart, that if he acts wisely, if he maintains that love, mm-hmm. if he maintains that servanthood heart and keeps giving the respect and honor that's due, yes. then there will be a repayment and the day when it, you know, the day it comes. I mean, yes. it's, there's yeah. a day that's going to come when judgment yes. comes. In the days of the, oh, well, back in the Old Testament mm-hmm. days, yeah. you know, when the inheritance was given, which yes. was kind of like the day of judgment yeah. for the family, they would divvy out yeah. the wealth. Well, a servant who dealt wisely, guess what? He was not just treated as a whatever. He was treated like a son. Why? Because he loved the family yes. many times. So that, that's exactly what we hear here in, uh, in the Proverbs. Exactly. Because God wants us to know, give respect where respect is due. Give honor where honor is due. Don't just go nonchalantly through life. And I think that's one of the reasons why you hear Peter, Paul, James, and John yes. Many of them saying, I'm a bond servant mm-hmm. of Christ. I mm-hmm. have yielded my life yes. to serve him. I'm going to give proper honor and respect. But we also hear them say friend. Mm-hmm. But, so they didn't allow their friendship yes. to remove the honor
0: code, so to exactly. speak. Exactly. They, it's interesting you're talking about these two different rails of that, you know, because that, that really is interesting there, especially out of that verse in Proverbs 17 that that you still, you know, it, it's not a uh, it's not a, you know, I'm trying to find words here, but it's not like a chummy friendship of just two guys, but any any friendship, there's a respect that this is there, yes. and you know, uh, I think of my long-term, lifelong friends, there's a a respect of of really knowing them and caring about them. That comes with it, you know. When it says that the son that acts shamefully will not, well, you know, when when a son acts shamefully, he is disrespecting the father. Yes, he doesn't. He's not. He's not acting according to the father's heart. He hasn't understood this promotion, or this idea of you know being in a a position where you're, you're, you're 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 you have the position and you have the rules. But I'm gonna go beyond that to understand what is it about my father's heart? What is it that he really wants to see? And how am I gonna? You know, help meet that uh, in, in life. I, I'm thinking while you're talking about that of a, a parable Jesus told the most probably well-known parable, and it's the parable, we call it the parable of the prodigal son, but it was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them says, give me my inheritance. You were talking oh, about that, yeah. got me idea. Well, it wasn't time for him to get this inheritance, and so it was very disrespectful and shameful for him to ask for his money up front, and so he didn't understand the father's heart. I it, love the way that our pastor, Ron Phillips, puts yeah. it. It's almost like saying, I wish you were dead. Yeah, exactly. That's what he was saying. I want my money. I can care about you. I don't care about your heart. I don't care about what you want. It's what I want. Like you were saying earlier, it's yeah. what I want. And I'm going to go spend this. And, of course, we know the story. He goes and spends it all and uh, finds, a, finds himself in a hogs pen and has nothing. And then he wakens and says, hey, I'm going to go back to my father's house. I can at least be a hired servant. Of course, when he gets back, he still hadn't understood the heart of the father until he comes home. When he comes home, he said, I just want to be a hired servant. He didn't even get that far. The father said, bring forth the ring. He's a son. I want him to be understood as a son. Put a robe, get these rags off him, put a robe on him to be identified as my son, and put shoes on his feet, and then kill the fatted calf. We're going to have a party. Now, here's where the story really begins for me, as in the middle of the party. He had another son, the elder son. If he was the younger son, he had the elder son. The elder son, I always like to call him the prodigal who never left home, because even though he had not bro- broken the rules, he yet he didn't understand the father's heart. That's right. and Because he had walked just as as almost a servant and uh, understanding him. And so he comes up to the father, and boy, you know, Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. He reveals his heart. The elder brother does when he says, all these years I've served you. See, a servant is in a servant mentality alone, let's put it that way, is into counting the years of service well, I've been yeah. doing this for thirty seven years. You don't know what you're talking. It has nothing to do with time we've Jesus made that clear in other parables that he taught it's not about time it's a matter of where you are in that relationship with God right now, currently, not you know how long you've been a Christian or how long matter of fact, if you've been a Christian a long time. You ought to be further and deeper into the things that bring humility and care for others and what they have to say. But he said, you know, he said, uh, all these years I've served you, and I have never broken your rules, basically, is what he said. And, and, And the father responds, and this is the father's heart. The father says, please, you know, come into the party. Your brother was dead. And he's alive again. This is what it's all about, you know. He's back with us. And then he said also to him, "Said son, all these years you've been here. Everything I have is for you." He, he you know, the, the son had complained. The older brother said, "You know, you don't never made me a gave me a party." And he said, "All I have is yours. You've been here all this time. It's all there anyway." And the father and Jesus masterfully, as he does, is given this parable to show us the father's heart. And that's what it's all about. It's not about keeping those. I had a message I preached for years on that called keeping the rules but missing the party. And I think too many people live their life in that rule-keeping stage and never understand the promotion that God wants to give us into friendship where we go out of and within our servanthood, but in a whole new realm of understanding the Father's heart and what's important to Him in our lives. To me, that's incredibly important. Oh, yeah.
1: It's just amazing the depth of the heart of the Father because... The one thing about that particular parable that really sticks out to me is it says that when the son was still afar off, yes, yeah. the father saw him, yeah. which means he was a long ways away, Yes, meaning he's been watching him for a long time. Most likely, the father knew the exact state that his son was in when he made the decision. He probably had his servants watching over to make sure that no harm came to him at all times. And then he probably had foreknowledge that he was returning.
0: Yes, yes. yes. Because
1: the father loved his son. It didn't yes. matter how much he shamed him, it didn't yes. matter what had happened. He
0: wanted him to be okay. He wanted him home. You know, Kirk, when I first started preaching years ago, uh, I'd preach on the prodigal son, little revivals and things that I would preach and uh, get out and talk about. That. I'd always preach a sermon on the prodigal son. And I, I used to always love when I talked about the elder brother, to tell a story about me and my dad. When I was uh, 15 or 16 years old, I was coming home in my mother's car one night and uh, doing things I shouldn't have been doing in those days, and I made a curve. Of course, my brother always says, Barry, it's not a curve. It's a 90-degree turn, but I turned it into a curve in the rain, and and I – found myself in the car going right between two mailboxes of our neighbor now we lived in the country so we were spread out a little bit but my neighbor had put these two huge stone mailboxes with gas lamps on top of them and when i hit it i hit the side of that knocked the whole structure off its foundation and there was a tree beside it it bent the light back you know on it and then i got out, couldn't crank the car And because I knew what was wrong, we had a bad connection with the battery and stuff. And I couldn't get it cranked. It was raining. The car was off the road in this mailbox. And so I got home and my dad wasn't going to be home that night until real late. And I went home, and I mean, I got down there in my bedroom, and I pulled the covers up over my face and prayed that the sun would not come up the next day when God didn't hear my prayers, because the sun did come up. And my dad came in my room and said, what is going on? Why is the car parked down the road? And so he'd get up. Let's go get it fixed. So I'm walking down the road, and I think, my dad's going to kill me. My, my dad, he never read Benjamin Spock. He never heard of Time Out or any of that stuff. You know, I mean, my dad's just going to kill me <laughs> for doing this. And I get down there. And the tires all cr- I mean the fender's crushing on the tire and you know, and we knew what was when Dad said, Look, I'll start prying the fender away, you get up there and fix the battery. But well, when I popped the hood uh, I looked at the air cleaner, and I had f- what we call flip the breather, and where you'd flip it open, and where when you'd get into the four barrel, it'd sound, you know, so he'd know I'd been racing if he saw that thing. And he was about to come around the car, and I, I reached over there, that toggle bolt, and just undid it so fast, Mario Andretti would have hired me for his, you know, uh, his uh, pit crew. And I changed it real quick and got it for, before my dad came around. I said, my dad's going to kill me. I may not drive until I'm 25. Well, the man that owns the house came out. And when he came out, uh, he stood there and started talking to my dad, and he said, you know, I'm just glad nobody was hurt. We can fix this mailbox. Don't worry about it. Hey, the man said, I had five boys, and they all totaled a car before they were 18. <laughs> and uh, and now this is the moment. I'm telling the whole story because this is the moment. My dad said he was looking uh, at me, but he was talking to the man. And I looked up and caught him in the eyes, and he said, you're right, sir. He said, we can replace these old cars, but we can't replace our sons. I'm glad nobody got hurt. You know, we didn't have – I mean, my dad loved us, provided for us, and everything. He was a great man. But it wasn't really, that generation didn't show it the same way. That was a moment I'll treasure for the rest of my life because I had to be reminded at that point in time, my father cared more about me than he did the car. But I got so convoluted, worried, going down there that I'm in trouble. And I think it, that's that story illustrates that point we must come to. If we're going to understand the heart of the father, he cares about us. And when we get in a relationship with him, it's not it's not that the rules aren't important it's not that I'm not talking about being you know someone against the law or anything like that i'm just talking about it's a new whole focus in our life i'm doing it for the right reasons i'm doing it out of a relationship with god i'm not doing it because i have to i'm doing it because i don't want to disappoint him uh, and, and I think that's the richness of walking with God, and that's the that's the plea that we have from the Scripture when Jesus gives us the illustration of moving His disciples into that realm. They've walked with Him those years. They've heard Him argue with the Pharisees, or the Pharisees argue with Him, and now they're at this point where He said, "Look, I want you're about to go to a whole new level. You're going to walk with Me as friends, and and you're going to know My heart in a newer newer way." And that's what we're hungry, that's what I'm hungry for, and what I'm hungry for people to experience in their life as well.
1: You know, and that's really where true prosperity comes. Yes. When you realize that you're not having to look for a, I'm not disappointed in you. Yes. But instead that when you follow him and you're diligent, he's just glad that you're there. Yes. He may issue correction out of love. He may direct you in a different path than you expected in your life. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, he wants to pour out his love and affection on you, on me, on anybody that's out there, no matter where they are in life. And the prosperity lies in yes. him. The riches lie in him. That's why he says, don't lay your treasures up here on earth, yes. but lay it up in heaven where there's neither rust nor moth. Yes. So we don't need to put our hopes here on earth, but we need to put our hopes where God is. You know, just like you said,
0: we, we're that bond servant, mm-hmm. but we can have a closeness like yes. a friend. New focus, new direction, new understanding in that. You know what? I, I just I didn't even think about this when we really get talking tonight. But the prodigal son is so great because you've got a you've got a rebellious son and you've got a religious son, and both Thank of them much. had an improper view of their father. And that, you know, the, the younger son certainly had an improper view when he took his money, but even when he was in the hogs pen, he said, you know, my dad's going to kill me. I'm going to show up and he say, I'm gonna, he's going to say, I told you so I told you, you shouldn't have gone. And he said, maybe, maybe he'll let me be a hired servant. And that's better than living in a pig's pen. But then you've got the older brother who's living with the father all this time, but he still don't understand the father's heart. He don't understand the party. He don't understand it's not just about rules. It's about relationship. He doesn't understand these things yet. So I think Jesus gives us that beautiful parable. And we've got to always remind ourselves, Kirk, the real reason Jesus came in this world is he came to a planet of spiritual orphans to tell them they had a daddy. They have a father. And Abba Father is our father. We have that relationship with him. We're renewed. And we've, we have to work out of these improper views and get into the real genuineness of what Christ died for us to experience and have, and that is to truly get to know the heart of the Father.
1: You know, Pastor, I think probably what needs to happen, I think we need to pray with all these folks that are with us today. Just pray that God brings them back to his heart.
0: Would you like to lead that prayer? I would be real honored to do that. Let's pray together. Father, only you can truly bring us into a place in a Position in our life where our heart, Your heart, is revealed to us, and Lord, it's so immense in its love. It's 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 beyond anything that our current minds can can fully conceive. But Lord, we pray along with uh, the Apostle Paul that You, in Your grace, would show us what is the breadth, the height, the depth of the love of God. What what it is of Your heart towards us as Your people, and Lord, let us find our identity in that. Lord, I am beloved. I am loved by the Father. There's nothing else that I want to define me. John, the disciple who laid on your, your, your breast while you taught these things, John said when he wrote his, his gospel, I just want to be known as the disciple whom Jesus loved. That's an identity, and that's the greatest identity that I can have or anyone can have, that we're loved by you. And I pray, God, you would give people a rich understanding and a great revelation, not just understanding in the heart, in the head, but a revelation that comes to the heart that enables them to know your love. And, Lord, let it blow their mind. Let it blow uh, their understanding of what they've been trapped in. And let them move in the freedom and the joy that comes with walking with our heavenly Father that loves us. Lord, we pray these things in the mighty name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. 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 Man, that's that's good stuff. I want people to understand and live in that relationship that God has so wonderfully given us in Christ. You know, we're free. We're free, we're sons, we have that identity of being loved. Let's walk in that. I'm thinking John later said in first John three, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God, and such we are. And every man that has that hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure. That is a beautiful verse. Uh, of scripture to reveal to us that and I'm hungry and want you to live in the fullness that Jesus died for you to fully experience in your life.
1: That's it. Guys, we thank you for joining us today. If you would like some prayer or to reach out to one of us, you can reach me at mooseministriesinc.com. You can also reach Pastor Barry at, at org. And we will be launching the School of uh, Nazarite. Nazarites here pretty yeah. soon. And that the enrollment will be open pretty soon on that as well. So be looking forward to that. And you can also, if you're interested, let us know at in the comment section at mooseministriesinc.com. Guys, God bless you. Have a wonderful day.
0: God bless. you.